Today's scripture I'll be reading is Micah 6, verses 6 through 8. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath shewed me thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee? but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. I'll just bring this one up for the time being. I'll try to stand still. Okay, all right. Um, I think we had about 45 ladies uh, at the uh, Ladies' Day yesterday. They had, a, they had an awesome um, time of fellowship and, and study and, and uh, testimony. And uh, what I was joking, as I started to say, with uh, some of the guys, kind of like uh, president and vice president. They're typically not in the same room or on the same plane. And we had the majority of our our uh, workforce of the ladies of this congregation in one room and so we had to make sure that they were they were quite quite protected and to the guys that helped want to um, again say a, a thank you a lot of a lot of hard work went in for the opportunity to serve the ladies and so that was that was indeed appreciated as well um, we're going to look today at ultimately we're going to end up looking at the the story um, of the what we call the good samaritan and we're going to take a look at, at the idea of mercy and what is involved regarding the characteristic of mercy um, in our lives and how, how it is supposed to be manifested um, and, and shown to, to the world around us. And so we're going to look at um, and, and of course, reason that uh, we began with Micah, and thank you uh, for that reading, um, Sean. The the passage in Micah six verses six through eight, and we're going to come back to it. Is a it, it is a very past or very <sighs> profound passage. Um, I'm going to have difficulty standing still. Um, used to used to walking and talking but this passage is is an extremely strong message to to God's people with regard to our position um, in his kingdom the the idea of the over-the-top um, examples the the metaphors that he gives with regard to the the, the, the magnificent, the, 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 the tremendous 
um, the, the really unfathomable sacrifices that are described. Um, and then that is compared and contrasted with what God wants and expects from, from his people. Uh, because, obviously, no, no amount, right, rivers of oil, right, precious oils, um, rams, 10,000 rams, none of that comes close. It pales in comparison to the, the sacrifice, the offering of Jesus Christ. Right? We've, we've, we've talked about that, we've discussed that again recently as we, uh, in, our, in our Bible classes as we've looked at um, uh, 1 John 2, that idea of this, this propitiation, that, that this one-sided offering that was given, that, that we had nothing to do with, that, w- that we, we could not participate in that giving. Jesus did it, and it was, it was enough not just for my sin and your sin, but the sin, as John tells us, of the whole world. And so, and so we have to get our, our minds around the idea of what, what is the expectation um, for us in our, in our walk, in our response, our reaction to, to what was done. And so <clears throat> we're going to start here in uh, 2 Timothy. And so, as Paul was writing uh, to to 2 Timothy, um, he says this in chapter 3. But understand this, and and let this sink in. This this is mind-boggling if you you take a moment and and let it it penetrate your, your mind and your heart. He says, understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self... Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, They will be brutal. They will not love good. They will be treacherous, reckless, full of conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And he says, avoid such people. That is a long list of bad behavior, is it not? I mean, in, any one of them, in and of themselves, is, is bad. But w- when you take that, that laundry list and, and, and really look at it, and, and look at the, the, the people, the society that it describes, it, it, is, a, it is a sad, dark picture it it depicts everything that is opposite of what you and I are called to be what you and I are called to do to exhibit right the walk that we are to have Um, it, it is 
It is the absolute opposite of this. The, the contrast could not be more stark. That, that type of behavior is representative of those that are basically void of God and void of His Spirit, void of the calling for which people have been called. They're, they're, they are void of the reception of that sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so if you, you know, if, if you were to find yourself in that category, you might be inclined to say, well, what am I going to do? Right? Rivers of oil to sacrifice. Offering the firstborn. What a great gesture. Tremendous gesture, right? Thousands of rams slaughtered and placed upon an altar. But none of that would erase that behavior, that, those characteristics, that, that level of sin that lies upon someone's, someone's head. And, and my point of this is the idea of, of simply appearing to be religious, appearing to be godly, when the actions do not represent that claim. There, there is to be a manifestation uh, in our lives, in our, in our actions. And the word mercy, ilios, is, is the English pronunciation of it, but ilios means to be compassionate. Um, it, it is a, when you look at it, and, and of course there's a Hebrew word for it, a, a, you know, this is the Greek, um, but you find, you, you find the similar, very similar, um, definitions and use um, in, in Scripture. It is an action. It is not simply, as James would say, right, when you see somebody in need, you simply say, go, be at peace, be filled, right? Um, there's, there's action involved with mercy. It is, it is a manifestation it is a response that we have and that we show uh, to, those, to those around us. Um, <clears throat> Matthew 6. This is going to, we're going to look at the, some contrast and comparison um, of what we're supposed to look like. And we're going to see the application of it. What we're supposed to look like versus this, the idea of being, you know, lovers of self, lovers of money, Right? Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient uh, to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, right? Unappeasable, can't ever be satisfied, nothing's ever, nothing's ever good enough. Slanderous, no self-control, brutal, right? Not loving good, treacherous, reckless, full of conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Religion, right? religion Jesus says in Matthew 6 beware of practicing your righteousness because we have to right we, we have to to balance what we do and who we are with our our actions and, and how it is manifested to those around us he says beware of practicing your righteousness before other people not 
just doing it, but the reason and the motivation is to be seen by them, right? To simply do something to be seen by others, right? The heart is not in that. The motivation is not pure. It is not for others. It is not for the good of someone else. It is for me. It is for my boastfulness, my pride, my conceit. You see, you can find that, right? You can find that wound up in what we read in 2 Timothy. When our motivations are wrong for what we do, we find ourselves being lovers of self, proud, right? Unholy, no self-control, full of conceit. Doing it is the right thing to do, but it needs to be the right motivation, not for me. He says, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, don't blow a trumpet as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward already. And their reward simply is the praise that they're getting for others. Not, not the recognition from God. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Um, it, it's always interesting um, to me when you see the, the news reports about you know, some of our very wealthy people making the headlines for what they've, for what they've given, for whatever cause it, it might be. Most do it. And sometimes it's just going to make it out. That, that's, you know, to be fair, sometimes it's going to make it out. But oftentimes it's done in a public manner so that folks know what, what they did, the amounts that, that, that they've given. And if you, if you sit back and, and do the math, and I, I've seen the math done for some of them. And it's not a criticism. It's just an observation. Um, when, when so-and-so gives $10 million to a, a, a cause, it is, it is, you know, blown up it hits the, it hits the headlines and and when you when you break it down somebody that's worth 10 billion dollars that gives 10 million I've, I've seen the comparison to it right of, of the average working joe like you and me right that it is actually in comparison to what they have and, and what they're really worth it is a mere drop in the bucket. It, it's really, when you look at it, it's, in, it's insulting for it to be praised the way it is because it's simply pennies to someone worth that level. But yet, my point is, it's not the amount, it's the, it's the motivation. Why do we do what we do? Uh, and so we, ne we need to always guard that. He goes on to say in Matthew 7, right? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, right? Do unto others. What's that often called? What's that? Golden rule, right? The golden rule. I wasn't sure, so I wanted you to tell me. Um, 
But the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And it goes on to say, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is what, and this is, this is one of those passages, you know how I am uh, regarding context. This is one of those passages that context is, is really important as this whole section and passage um, develops down through Matthew uh, chapter 7. But it says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are, are few. And, you know, and I've heard over the years growing up, you know, th this is not about a church service, a worship service, the do's and the don'ts, the structure. That, that is absolutely not what Christ is talking about. As you, as you look down through it, he's talking about lives of individuals. He goes on to talk about the idea of a, of a tree and the, and the fruit that it bears. You can, you can tell the kind of tree by its produce, by the fruit that it bears. There comes a season with everything. That, that it produces the fruit of its kind. And, and, it, and it, it's absolutely, positively, 100% a fact that when an apple grows on a tree, it is an apple tree. And the same is true with orange trees and fig trees. Do bananas grow on trees? Yeah, Cody? Oh, he doesn't know. I'm, I'm thinking bananas grow on trees also, but yeah, I've, got, I've got an affirmation down here. I'm going to stop with the fruit trees because beyond that I may not know. But, but you, you, you get the picture. And, and so Jesus is saying that our lives, right, there is a season of fruit. There is a season when what we do, what, what manifests in our lives tells who we are. There's no getting around it. There's no getting around it. The walk that we walk eventually bears witness to who we are. Are we of the folks that are ungodly, unholy, right? Self-righteous, full of conceit, treacherous, slanderous, or are we the folks that want to do unto others like we would have them do to us? The, those that are motivated by doing the right thing to those around us because it is the right thing to do. Um, our actions are important. In, in, in context, I'm not going to read all of it. I'm, I'm giving you a summation. But, you know, he, he goes on to say in verse verse. Um, uh, 21, 22, um, well, verse 20, he says, you know, he goes down through it, bad trees, bad fruit, all that. He, and, and he says, you know, you'll know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, um, and listen to the list. Many will say to me on that day, verse 22, Lord, Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name? 
Anything wrong with prophesying? That's a good thing, right? Right? To pronounce, to preach, to teach, to talk, to witness. Did we not do that in your name? And in your name, did we not cast out demons? Again, good things. That's good stuff. I mean, the idea, you know, back in the day, the idea of, of people being possessed with demons was horrible. It was horrible. I mean, they took control of their lives and of, of their actions, made them do things they did not want to do, would hurt themselves, would hurt others, would, you know, would, 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 would pester people, would follow folks around, right, trying to undo what, what they were doing. It, it was the embodiment, the, the actual embodiment of, of evil. And so casting out demons, an awesome thing to liberate someone from that, a good, good thing. And in your name did we not perform many miracles. All good stuff. And his answer is this. When they say that, I will declare to them, I never knew you. What a horrible response from Christ. I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice, depends upon your translations. Some will read iniquities. Others lawlessness. Right? You, you, you are not governed you did not allow your life to be governed by my words. Right? He is the author and perfecter. You did not allow your lives to be governed by me. He goes on to say, uh, yeah, and there are, there's no slides then if you're looking for that. Um, he goes on to say, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Rock versus sand. And the rock stands. Right? Lives and actions matter. And they depict who we are and whose we are. An application. Um, an application. In Leviticus 19.9. The idea of, <clears throat> of a... Of a, of a neighbor, the idea of looking out for, for others. Um, we have, we have this, this statement, this instruction, right? The idea of taking care of others. It says, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to the edges. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after the harvest, right? And the gleanings, that's the stuff that falls, right? And so, you got, you got instruction to those that, that farm and plant and reap from the land. And the idea here is that you leave some. You leave some for others to be able to come, come get. It, it's, it's the taking care of and the looking out and the provision for others. He said, you shall not strip your vineyard bare, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a, of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night until the morning. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind 
but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall not, you shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be um, partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. And you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so, you know, we're about to, we're about to, to see the story of who's my neighbor, right? Always, whenever I say that, always, always makes me think of uh, Mr. Rogers. Is that the right guy in the neighborhood? Is that right? Um, yeah, some of those guys from, from yesteryear in those shows, Mr. Mr. Captain Kangaroo and Mr. Green Jeans and, and uh, those guys, they, they, were, they were fierce warriors at one time that found themselves after wars in a, in a very different state of mind of kindness and gentleness as they lived out the rest of their lives. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's just some free information there. Um, but that is an application about, about our lives and the fruit that we're supposed to show, right? And so now we're going to look at the story. We've got some background. We've got some contrast and some comparison to make application of, of the story. And so in Luke 10, a lawyer stood up uh, to put him to the test, saying, and, and typically from the, from the, the group of the Sadducees, um, I like to refer to the Sadducees as the, as the lawyers, the writers, and, the, and then the Pharisees were the, were the enforcers of what they put out. But verse 25 says, Behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the, to the test. Um, and, 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 the, and the idea, um, when you look at the, the word test, it, is, it, it, it bears the same idea and definition in the Greek as uh, the temptations. And so, so they were tempting Jesus putting him to the test to, tie, to try and um, put him in a corner, right? Uh, to try and, and, and catch him in a, in, in a stumbling statement so that they could um, bring a charge against him and his teachings and, 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 and find a crack in it so that they could destroy him and, and those that would follow and listen to his words. He said, teacher... What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, well, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Okay? So, the Sadducee, the lawyer, he, he knew it. And, and I don't know this guy's heart, but the fact that he was putting Christ to the test makes me... Uh, um, cautious of him, but you've, you've got somebody who oftentimes the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the, the, the priests, the chief priests had that appearance of godliness, of religion, when in fact they were not. They, they were the opposite of it. They did not embody 
godliness. They did not embody his word. They certainly did not manifest what he wanted from his people, right? We, you know, John 9, John 8, we can, you know, we can go on and on and on um, about how they mistreated, showed favoritism to the, to the children of Israel over which they were supposed to be providing. Uh, that's spiritual guidance and, and leadership. They, they did not. But he said, um, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? Because oftentimes, right, we probably want to be pretty selective about about who our neighbor is you know those that, you know that we're comfortable around those those that uh, you know are, are are in our circle um, and and that becomes that becomes a, a, a comfort zone for for many folks but acting outside that is is uncomfortable but at times we're placed in a in a position where we have the opportunity to do that and we need to be mindful of God's word and and his teachings and his expectation for us for me for you right so the guy wanted to justify himself and said well who is my neighbor and Jesus replied here's our story a man was going down from Jerusalem right and and you always see that language because Jerusalem was up on a hill, and so now, no matter whether you went north, south, east, or west, you went down before you, you went anywhere else. And by the man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, well, let's just back that up. I'm going to run past that too quickly. So we've got, we've got a, a guy who's, who was just traveling for whatever reason, business, pleasure, going to see family, don't know. But he was minding his own business, had plans. As the, as the day got started, he got up, right? Got dressed, got prepared. Don't know whether he was going to be gone for a day, a week, a month, don't know. But he, was, he, had, he had plans, had something to do, some people to see. Um, and so that's, that's where his mind was. That's what he expected that his, his day or week was going was gonna to be, right? When we have plans in our mind, we, you know, we have an expectation how it's going to play out. We were talking about Ladies' Day. Steph and I were, were doing a, a, uh, a debrief last night about it, and, and I was comparing it to, because um, it's, it's, always, it's always great, but I was comparing it to flying. Right, and so, you know, when you're when you're in an airplane at thirty thousand feet, going three four hundred miles an hour, um, everything seems, you know, as long as there aren't a lot of turbulence, everything seems kind of quiet, and and uh, you know, re, you know, relativity's there. Things are you know moving slowly. You can see clouds and possibly other planes, um, hopefully at way off at a distance, and you can, you know you can see the ground. But as you as as you come in, when those landing wheels go down. Um, you know, they're, they're reducing speed to around 150 miles per hour. And then as you come in on that approach, all of a sudden as you get near the ground, 
you're really flying. You, you know, you're you're scooting, right? You're 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 moving along, and and relatively, the relativity changes as you get close to that 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 Earth, and it's all of a sudden flying, flying by, quick. And then the the air flaps come up, you know, to to, to break the plane, and and um, B R A K E, not B R E A K, break the plane. And, and bring it to a stop. And that's the, way, that's the way things are oftentimes in life as you come up. In the ladies' days, it's no different. You know, you do all your planning, get ready, you know, like back in the kitchen. Then all of a sudden, when it's go time, it is, it is feverish and, and, and uh, it's, a, it's a flurry. And life changes that way. From our expectations of what we're seeing out there to when we get to it, it can change. And this guy here, things got, got heated in a hurry. He fell amongst robbers. And, it, and they weren't content to just rob him, like, like an old, you know, a 1950s gangster movie, you know, hold him up, take it, and then they, they, they run off. No, it wasn't enough. They, they took what he had, stripped him of his clothes, and beat him half to death. Christ's words, not mine. Beat him half to death. Left him out on the road, in the heat, amongst wild animals half dead, absolutely unable to fend for himself at this point in time. He was at the mercy of his surroundings and of those that would come in contact with him. That's, that's the scene that we see. Have you ever seen anybody, other, well, it's not hard to see anymore if you, if you watch you know, videos or reels or Facebook or whatever, it goes on. Um, all the time in our inner cities, but have you have you ever have you ever seen anybody up close that has been beaten half to death? Anybody? Yeah, I have. It's it's brutal. It, it's it's brutal to see an individual pummeled, to see their flesh pounded, and hit, and ripped. And, and split, and gashed. That's that's who we have here. Did you do that, Lori? She thought it was funny, though. Yeah, now she's laughing. But that's that's what we have. You know, you got to have that image. This guy was in 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 dire straits. My guess is, supposition, did he not receive any help? He would. He would die. So, that's the scene that's been set up by Christ. A priest came by, right? Preacher man came by. He was going down that road, saw him, passed by on the other side. Got to get to church. Heading to Sunday meeting, Saturday meeting, don't know. On his way to a seminar, don't know. He was traveling the road, and an opportunity was placed there. Um, and as far as I know, he didn't stop talk to him, didn't go investigate. He passed by on, on the other side, gave him a wide berth, and kept on going. Likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the on the other side. Now both of these guys, the priest and the Levite, are of the tribe of 
Levi, yeah? The priestly tribe. The, the, the priestly tribe, those that are um, and have been tasked with tending to the, to the temple, tending to the needs, offering, offering sacrifices and, and alms on behalf of, of the people. They, they were to be, right, God's ambassadors to his community, right? As, as a religious example and, um, and, 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 and medium, if you, if you will. And so the religious guys that you would expect better of chose intentionally to go to the other side of the road. And so and when, you, when you look at that and look at the words for what they are, they were, you know, I don't know if they were traveling left side of the road, right side of the road, but I, I believe both of them were in the same path as this guy. And as they came upon him, they... They moved intentionally to the other side and went around him and went on about their business and left him in the state that he was in. But then a Samaritan came, right? The Samaritans are, are, are no good, right? Low down, dirty, rotten trash um, in the eyes of, of many uh, Israelites at the time. They were half-breeds. They were folks when the, when the kingdom split. You know, you know we, we try to oversimplify that, you know, that they were... You know, they, they, they were mixed. Many of them were at this point in time. But I think a lot of it had to do with when, the, when you had the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. They, uh, you know, they, they didn't really have access to come down to the temple in Jerusalem. So they erected their own temples and they erected idols up in the, in the northern kingdom and, and fell into idolatry. Um, but they were thought very poorly of. Very poorly of. They, they, were, not, they were not worthy of... Of, of, of the title of, of Israelite. Um, but it was the Samaritan, for whatever reason, that came along and found this guy and stopped. He went to him. Well, first of all, Jesus tells us he saw him and he had compassion. Compassion is, is one, of the, one of the attributes of Elios, that, that word for mercy. And so he had compassion. He went to him. He bound up his wounds, first of all, pouring on oil and wine, both, both precious commodities, right? Pouring on oil and wine for healing and, and, and possibly for disinfection. Um, then he set him on his own animal, and, and he took him to where there was a, a hotel, an inn, and... And he took care of him. So this guy had plans as well. But Jesus is given, showing an, an example of how far out of someone's way this guy was willing to go to exhibit that manifestation of mercy. Um, that, that compassion to a fellow man. Doesn't know him, right? He, he's, he's on the other team. You know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Jew, not a Samaritan. But he takes him to an inn and, and takes care of him. And on the next day, he took out two denarii, a um, couple days' wages, and gave to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So, I believe he, he gave 
all that he had to the innkeeper to provide for this guy. This guy's going to take, he's going to take some time to heal up. It's going to, it's going to take some time. Somebody's beaten half to death. I mean, in the movies and on the TV shows, they fast forward through it, right? But somebody that's, that's, that's beaten like that is going to take some time to heal. And so he pays for him a place for the guy to stay. Uh, I'm making the assumption that, that he's also paying for food and water, whatever the guy might need. And he tells the guy that's running the place, I intend to come back. And I believe that the innkeeper, based on what he's seeing, if you were, if you were down to Hilton and somebody brought somebody in and went to all this trouble, went out of their way to, 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 to wrap them up and, and bandage them and come in and, and pay for some time, would you believe that they were coming back, Robin? It's a good thing Robin wasn't running the inn. He, he, he runs a tougher shop. He requires a, a, a credit card. That's funny. Leave the jokes to me. But, yeah, nah. but, right, based on that guy's behavior, I would put some faith in him that he would come back because of what he had done, because of the actions that had been manifested in this guy's life. I would believe, as a betting man, that he would come back. And so, and so he, he, he leaves, and he goes on, and I believe that the, if the rest of the story were recorded, that we would find that he came back, you know, um, and, and paid the innkeeper any additional uh, monies that were required to, to make it whole. Um, did they become best friends, pen pal? I don't know, but... Did he change the life of someone forever because of his actions? And the answer would be yes. He, he, he took some time to show compassion, to show mercy. And he changed someone's life for forever. And, and, and we, we never know. We never know. What did my grandma always say? We'll never know the extent of our actions, but eternity will tell, right? That was Bernice, right, Mom? And so the, the same is true for us. The same is true for you and for me. That those, those moments, you know, I doubt we're going to go out of here today and you're going to find somebody half beaten to death. But there are opportunities every day for us to be able to show mercy and compassion to folks at, at all different levels, all different levels. And it will change people's lives. Um, and they indeed will be able to tell what kind of tree we are because mercy and compassion is a fruit that is exhibited by God's by God's people. And so Christ said to the guy, which, which, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer, Sadducee, said, the one who showed him mercy. The one who showed him that elios, that compassion. And again, don't forget, it is, it is not an inactive word. It, it is not passive, just like agape is not passive. It is action. 
It is action. Mercy is an action word. And so Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Those who need mercy and compassion most certainly are defined as, as neighbors. A couple last thoughts. I'm going to come back to Micah 6, 6. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old, which is, right, the prime? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And he hath showed you, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. We can't offer enough and do enough to compensate for, for sin. Can't do it. Christ did it. And our answer to that act is a change of life, a change in our, in our walk, a change in our actions, right? Bearing that fruit. And one of, those, one of, one of, the, one of the fruits that we bear is compassion and mercy. Romans 12, 1. That's for you, Duke. Listen to this in, in context with what we just have, have looked at and, 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 and discussed. He says, Paul says, I appeal, right? I'm, 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 I'm begging you. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. It is a derivative of Elios, right? God demonstrated mercy, right, first, and expects mercy as a, as a response. By the mercies of God to pre present your bodies as a living sacrifice, contrasted and compared to the idea of offering thousands of rivers of oil and, 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 and thousands of rams, right, and, and, and the firstborn, burnt offerings. No, offer your body, right, Give yourself as that living, active sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That is your spiritual worship, he says. Don't be conformed to this world like we saw in 2 Timothy 3, right, with all that bad behavior. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed, changed, it's a metamorphosis. It's a change. It's, it's completely moving from one thing to another. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind that the testing you may, that, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So. His response to the Sadducee, to the lawyer, is what I'm going to leave you with. Look at it again. Verse 36 and 37. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? 
It's the guy that was allowing his life to be that living sacrifice, that embodiment of, of God, that embodiment, embodiment of goodness and of love and of compassion and mercy. He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go, do, likewise. And so that is the admonition for us um, today to, you know, to, to, to be different, to show mercy. Because the, 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 the human side does not want to show mercy. You know, the, the human side wants revenge and avenge and, 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 and action, right? And we want, we want justice. I mean, that, that's what the flesh wants. Um, but mercy is what God wants. And so we just need to, we need to take a breath in our, in our lives. And we need to exercise. Because we we're, we're all have different opportunities. And we'll, and we'll see them. We'll see them. The opportunity to, to, to show mercy. Um, to, to be compassionate to someone. Um, that, that, is, that is the manifestation of who we're supposed to be. And, uh, and, and Christ Christ has laid the way, has paved the way for us to be able to do that. So we just have to allow him to be shown through us. Lesson yours. If you're here today and, and need anything, if you've never placed Christ in your life through the waters of baptism, we would encourage you and support and, and rejoice with you in doing that. If you have any other, any other needs um, that the church needs to be aware of so that we can be a support um, to you in whatever you might be dealing with, we would certainly uh, invite you to come as well or, or, or get, with, get with one of us, get one of the, with the elders or the ministers and, and let us know, let us pray with you uh, and help provide counsel. But whatever your need might be, we would invite you to come as we stand and as Caleb leads us in song. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can hear.